Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Scent podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, joined by everybody's favorite guest host, former Spartan Anthony Iani. We have a packed show to get to. Um, you know, I was messing around. I sent you a text, what, uh, yesterday saying we could probably do about 12 hours based on <laughs> the election committee uh, through Michigan State in the tournament, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, before we get to that, Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you can check us out there. Uh, like, favorite, do whatever you got to do. Follow Facebook page, Trouble with the Snap Podcast, like and share the content on that. So I did mention the seating, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to get your thoughts, Anthony, about what you saw in the Big Ten tournament because that looked like a different team than we've seen all year. It really did. I mean, it looked like a Michigan State team that was playing with a with more more of a sense of urgency. It looked like a team that had a little bit of a more of a dog mentality and dog mode in them. And it looked like a team that was looking like they were trying to prove something. And uh, you know, I really thought they had a really good couple of days. Um, but again, at the end of the day, the goal is winning. And obviously, they ran into a Purdue team that you know, obviously was playing really well. Um, and I thought Jay Nivey played one of his better games he's played in a while. But, you know, hopefully this is a good thing, you know, for Michigan State getting into the tournament. You know, if they if they could play like they did, you know, moving forward, you know, I don't see why this team can't make the Sweet 16. Um, they're playing a Davison team who, you know, has Foster Lawyer. And obviously that'll be a game for Foster that will be a revenge game. I know a lot of people in the media are hyping that up. And, you know, I think for Michigan State, you just got to keep a, uh, a steady, steady level head and just keep on trucking. And then, you know, Duke is Duke. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Duke isn't beatable because they are beatable. I mean, we've seen that all season long. We've seen them lose games they shouldn't play. So, but if Michigan State could keep that dog mentality that they had over the weekend, if Marcus Bingham could continue to play like he did against Wisconsin and against Purdue, I mean, you know, it should be, it should be, we should be in for a very fun weekend coming up. Yeah, I mean, I was absolutely impressed with it. Now, um, look, you destroyed Maryland. I mean, obviously, the final score indicated otherwise. It's just two minutes of the worst press breaks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, kind of, you know, took away that blowout, if you will. Um, then you had a game against Wisconsin. You held the Big Ten player of the year to 3-19 shooting, I believe, was the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Johnny Davis, uh, and then obviously you can stop, uh, you know, the biggest pain in the butt in the Big Ten. But you did enough to get that win, and Marcus Bingham uh, started to show why he deserved that starting spot, you know, really from senior day, if you think about it. And then against Purdue, you lose Tyson Walker. You still put up a huge fight with him. A.J. Hogarth's playing on a bum ankle. To me, you, you really couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, you said the goal was winning, and I totally agree with that. And I think if Tyson Walker is there, maybe that's a different story because the offense slows down drastically with Max Christie on the point. But, look, Purdue, for my money, is the second-best collective team in the Big Ten behind Illinois. I think that to do what you did against them and to do it with Edie getting the calls just because of his size, mm-hmm. he can create the contact. Jaden Ivey getting calls because he's destined to flop in the NBA. 
like not as far as being a prospect goes, but as far as just <laughs> the Wisconsin mentality of yep. it all. Um, I, I mean, look, I, w- I wish Michigan State were a little more aggressive in the paint um, and attacking the basket. That's something that I still think needs to work needs to be worked on outside of one player who oh we're gonna talk about him a lot today. But I look, I, I, I was impressed. I was. And I think if Tyson Walker doesn't get hurt, maybe it's a different story and maybe we talk about, you know, Michigan State as a six seed because they beat Iowa. Um but that's not the case and look I if they play, like you said, with that mentality moving forward, <coughs> I mean, I love it. I love I love Michigan State's odds because what they did <coughs> was they showed us why they could have why they could be so good. I mean, yeah. part of the reason too is they could be so bad. Is in game one, it was Gabe Brown and Max. <coughs> you know, in game one, it was Gabe Brown and Max Christian. Game two. It was Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble. In game three, you had consistent play from really anybody not named Max Christie, who was just – You had it coming from every position. And I think that's what makes this team dangerous, but at the same time, you just got to get consistently from a few of those people. Yeah, I agree. And if you if, – if Max Christie can – Start hitting his shots and play consistent. The last, you know, how, however many weeks or how many other how many games they have left, um, you know, I definitely believe that they they could make a run. And you know, and I think and, and the crazy thing about the Big Ten tournament, Tyler, is you know, and I had a friend of mine say this to me, who said this is probably the most wide open tournament that you know that the Big Ten could have because if you look at what Penn State did, if you look at how you know, because I, when I was watching Penn State, Ohio State, I went to bed when Ohio State was up like 11 or whatever. They were up at halftime. And I was like, yeah, well, this game's over. And then I wake up the next day not knowing that Penn State had won. And when I'm going to um, – and then when I'm going to watch uh, Michigan State in Wisconsin, you know, I see Penn State in the quarterfinals. I'm like, wait a minute. When did when, – when did Penn State win? And just seeing, like, what Indiana did and just seeing how Iowa won. Like, Iowa was the fifth seed in the whole tournament. So, just, like – I mean, my friend was dead on when they said, you know, it was the most wide-open Big Ten tournament maybe in a long time. And I think that's what made it so enjoyable for me was that, you know, there were a lot of great games. There were a lot of great finishes. And so, in my opinion, maybe outside of 2012 and 2019, the Big Ten tournament there – I really think this may have been the best Big Ten tournament that we have seen in a minute. Yeah, it, it was definitely something top to bottom every single game. Um, the upsets, all of that, just unbelievable. Uh, speaking of being upset, let's talk about the seeds. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, uh, here's the thing. Everybody knew Michigan State was a seventh seed. Okay? So I don't really have a problem with that. I, I think I told you – if they beat Purdue, they can slide into that sixth area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they obviously didn't. They stay that seven seed. My, I, I uh, made a move yesterday to where 
I didn't I didn't anticipate Michigan State playing in the Big Ten Championship. And so I made a move yesterday to buy me three weeks of uninterrupted television, three weekends, if you will, of college basketball. I uh, took my wife to a theater show, and my boss texts me, spider bite, spider bite, spider bite. <laughs> and I was Rich like, man. okay, <laughs> so, so that's Richmond one. And so I was like, okay, well, that takes away the conspiracy theorists that you saw on all the messages boards. Like, oh, we're going to get David and uh, we're going to get them in the uh, first round and we'll be squaring off against Duke. Well, once I saw that, I was like, I have no idea who Michigan State's first opponent's going to be. Well, apparently the selection committee already had the seats picked out and Michigan State plays Davison about two hours away from their campus. And then they get Duke, who isn't that far away either. Um, what are your thoughts about just the seating in general for this year? Because I think Michigan State ended up where they were supposed to be. I, I agree with you, Tyler. I mean, I honestly thought we were a seven seed. Um, part of me is really glad that we didn't land on that eight nine uh, line because I mean, you look at the number one seeds. I mean, I mean Baylor, Kansas, um, Arizona, and obviously Gonzaga. I mean, those are just four incredibly good teams uh, right there, and especially Gonzaga and Arizona, who I think will end up playing for the national championship, in my opinion, with Gonzaga winning it all. Um, but the seeding, man, and, and this is one thing that I, I've told people in the past. Honestly, I think all the conference tournament games should end on Saturday because, I, in my opinion, I really do believe that the tournament's already laid out by Sunday morning and everything is done. Um, so, for example, you know, if, if Iowa wins yesterday, you know, or not yesterday, they did win yesterday. Um, when Iowa, if Iowa were to win on a Saturday night or a Saturday afternoon, and then they announce the bracket the next day, how do we not know that Iowa lands that three seed spot? You know, because yeah. honestly, when Wisconsin was announced as a three seed, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, I, I, I don't think Wisconsin's a three seed. I think they're anywhere. I think they're a four seed at best. I think Iowa's a better team than they are. And it's, it's obvious based on what happened this weekend with Iowa. So I think Iowa should have been that three seed. Wisconsin should have been the four seed. And, and let's be honest. Like, you know, when everybody was, you know, and, and of course I'm off Twitter for Lent. So anybody listening that wants to know why am I not tweeting, that's why. I'm off Twitter for Lent. I gave it up. I don't want to tweet or retweet or any of that stuff. I'm staying off it. But when I see people on Facebook or Instagram give their predictions of watch us play Davidson in the first round and then Duke to, to set up Coach K versus Coach Izzo, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be shocked if that happens. And then lo and behold, it gets released. I'm like, why am I not surprised? But again, what's it always about, Tyler? What is it always Money. about? It's all about the money. Show me the money, as Jerry Maguire would say. Um, so that's what it's mainly about. It's about money. It's about getting viewers. And if and obviously the late another late night Friday night start to the tournament for Michigan State as always. But don't be shocked either that if Michigan State wins on on Friday, they get a late start on Saturday because they'll want Michigan State and potentially Duke to be the main event matchup. Izzo versus Coach K one Sunday. final time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, it, it, but, but, and I know, I know, I know we're probably going to talk about this in a little bit, but the other reason why I say you have the conference champion, all the conference tournaments end on a Saturday and then have everybody just 
do the bracket, hash out the bracket the next day. Look what happened to Texas A&M. Look what happened yeah. to SMU. I mean, you, you cannot – and, again, anybody listening to this knows that I'm a diehard Michigan State fan. You're a diehard Michigan State fan. We both know everybody, – everybody knows that our, our hatred for Michigan is through the roof, right? But you oh, cannot absolutely. sit there as a college basketball fan and tell me that Michigan deserved to be in over Texas A&M. And not just getting in, Tyler. They're not even in a play-in game. They were seeded better than Indiana. The Rutgers. There it is. That's the one right there. The fourth place team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I know the beginning of the year sucked for Rutgers, but that was that was the one right there that I was waiting for you to get to. I was like, oh, I got this teed up right now. But yeah, and that's the thing is Davidson wouldn't be a ten seed. They they lost to Richmond. You know that's Richmond's a six seed. In the Atlantic 10 tournament. Mm-hmm. And there is no way losing to them doesn't drop you a line. This was already figured out in advance. And, I mean, I can't count the times how many times we see Michigan State come out and we're like, wow, they're seated really low for just winning the Big Ten tournament. Well, it's because it was already figured out that Michigan State was going to be a two seed instead of a one. Or however you want to slice that. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's it's just unbelievable, and you know, again, like I like, I'll, I'll use another good example. Tennessee, I, I really honestly thought Tennessee should have been at least a two seed because yep. I, I thought Auburn losing to Texas A and M, I thought that should have dropped them to a three, and ten, with Tennessee winning, it should have dropped, should have bumped them to a two, or you bump Kentucky to the three and Tennessee to the two, and you keep Auburn there. Um, it's just, um, you know, it, 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 it's just incredible to me how it's all done. But you know you can't. You'll never. You'll never convince me that the bracket is not made on on a Saturday. You'll oh, never absolutely. convince me. <laughs> absolutely, and then you just try to sprinkle in any of the champions like Richmond that sneak into it. I I just thought it was hilarious because I sat there and I was like, "It's gonna happen. This is gonna happen." I'm sitting down. I'm getting ready to watch the selection show, and my wife goes, "It never happens the way you say it's going to." I was like, "Wait for it. Wait for it. It's gonna. Ha- it's gonna happen this year." And Obviously, that is what happened. Michigan State mm-hmm. gets monster lawyer, lawyer the Good. destroyer back in uh, round one of the NCAA tournament, and obviously that's the matchup that everybody's going to keep their eyes on because Foster Lawyer had some issues with the bigger, the stronger, and faster point guards. Well, guess who he's playing? The biggest, strongest, and fastest point guard, maybe in college basketball in H. Bogart. Just yeah, his I mean, size, his strength. He's he big boy Jaden Ivey multiple times this year. He big boyed Ao Desumu as a freshman last year. This kid is a monster. And he's going to get up against Foster Lawyer. Now that's what everybody that's what everybody's uh, gonna be focused on, obviously, because we don't know the status of Tyson Walker and hopefully he's back by at least Sunday <laughs> if Michigan State gets that opportunity. But br- break down that matchup first and foremost because that uh, we're it's a Michigan State podcast. We got to talk about Foster Lawyer and AJ Hogard. I mean, it's going to be a very good matchup. Um, you know, I, obviously the one advantage that Hogard has over Walker is the size, or not Walker over um, uh, Foster Lawyer is the size and the strength right now. And I think that you know if Hogard gets Lawyer in foul trouble. 
quickly or bullies him or plays bully ball underneath, which he's been doing all year, I don't see how Foster Lawyer, Lawyer can handle him. Now, the one thing we have that I've seen from Foster this year is he's putting up shots like he did in high school. He's just letting it fly, and he's making them. And he didn't get a chance to do that in East Lansing. Obviously, because like you mentioned, the size and strength of the guards that he played against had a little bit of something to do with that. Um, but I really, truly believe that, you know, the matchup here favors Hogard. Now, it depends what Davison does. If they try to make him – if they try to make Hogard play off the screens, which we have seen at times that he that, – oh, that Hogard is a little lazy on ball screens. is a yeah. little lazy on ball screens. So that part concerns me a little bit. If he's able to stick with Lawyer the whole time and stay on his butt so he doesn't get a shot off, then, then he's going to be fine. But he can't just be jogging back on Foster Lawyer because Foster Lawyer will do whatever he can to outrun Hogard on those screens and try to get a shot up. Yeah, a lot of DHOs and um, screens, a very five-out Golden State-ish type offense. Um, when you look at this, uh, plus Lawyer's hobbled too. Lawyer's not 100% either. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to see Hogard take advantage of this. Now, th- this is my one concern. You know, you, you obviously talked about the ball screens or whatever. That's probably number two on my list of concerns for Hogard. Mm-hmm. Number one is one of Hogard's problems occasionally is he plays 100 miles per hour when he only needs to go 60. Correct. And Foster Lawyer is one of the – look, he might be the smartest player on the court um, on Friday night. And – I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. That's one thing that, you know, you sit there and you can go back and you can watch old games, old, like it was just a couple of years ago. Uh, you can watch games at him. Like, telling Cassius what to do and Cassius nodding along. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, this is what I need to do. Telling the best player in America what to do. And so when you watch what Lawyer did against. Duke last time Michigan State played him at Cameron Indoor. Uh, no fans. Lawyer took what four charges? Yeah, at least. That's, yeah, that's that's my concern. Is lawyers got that ability? He's got those smarts where maybe he can try to use Hogarth's speed against him in that aspect. And oh well, he's going to chase me off a screen. Well, I'm going to catch this ball and I'm gonna pull up and I'm going to just lean a little bit to the left and get the call. Um. Right. And so that that's my biggest concern with the Hogard matchup. That being said, look, Lawyer had big games against Ohio State, but a lot of times when he played an athletic point guard, he got completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm anticipating is going to happen here. As far as the rest of the team goes, it's all the same. It's all the same thing. Uh, a lot of five-out type stuff. Everybody can shoot the three. They don't have a single player. Okay, they they have one player in their starting lineup who's shooting 37.9%. Nobody else is shooting under 40% from deep on this uh, Davison team. Uh, they're all over 45% from the field. This is a really good team. They use screens and back cuts and the type of stuff that Michigan State does not do well defensively because they're not always locked in like other Michigan State teams have been. And so they look to slip a lot of those and come off a lot of those types of screens. And 
like the more I look at it, that makes it seem like a bad matchup, but there's still obviously certain aspects where Michigan State has the advantage as well. No, I definitely agree with you on that, man. And if you can take care of business down low, get the ball in the post, let Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble do their thing. You know, I definitely, I definitely think that, um, you know, Michigan State should have, I don't want to say easy time because I mean, we, we both know it's March. There's no such thing as an easy game in March. Right. But I think Michigan State should be able to take care of business if they're able to make sure that they pound the ball down low. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're able to get the ball inside, look, this, this is one of those things like Davidson's just a really smart team. They don't turn the ball over much. Right. They can also shoot the lights out. They do all of the things well that Michigan State doesn't do well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's very they take, true. They take care of the ball. Um, obviously, Michigan State can shoot threes pretty well. Um, you know, they're starting to get back into their rhythm, you know, outside of Christie, who's still a little hit and miss. But I, I seriously think it's a fatigue factor with him because you look at it, he had a week off, and then all of a sudden he's hitting shots against Maryland. He's hitting shots against Wisconsin. But then you watch him against Purdue, and he's just building houses. And so uh, building neighborhoods, rather, the way he was shooting. Right. Um, and so that's one of those things. Like, I think Christie's going to be ready to go by the time this rolls around. So he might be able to get his shots to fall you know, A.J. Hogart, obviously not a shooter and still needs to make uh, some smarter decisions with his passing and stuff like that. But th- those are the types of things that Michigan State doesn't do great that Davidson does well. They all come off screens at the right time, you know, it's a timing deal um, with offenses. And that that's my concern. Um, I think that uh, who was it? Brachkovich, um, you know, the Atlantic 10 player of the year. He's a very good, he's a very good center, uses, but he's not physical. And one of the things that Marcus Bingham has tried to do is he's tried to get physical. You put in a guy like Julius Marble, you should be, you should have no problem down low. But I'm still a little concerned about those other aspects. Am, am I wrong to be concerned like that? No, not at all, man. I mean, because, again, you know, with Michigan State, it's always been the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers. I mean, it's always been like that. And, and, so, and some of the inconsistency from some of the guys that you talked about. And, you know, this will be Max Christie's first NCAA tournament, obviously. Um, so – and you never know who shows up this time of year. Maybe it's one of those times where, you know, he shows up and he doesn't miss a shot. Or he's out there and he doesn't miss, you know, and he just hits – Nothing but net every time. Like, we've seen crazier things happen in March. So, no, I definitely agree with you, Tyler. Um, a lot of guys need to show up. And, and Gabe Brown needs, needs to continue to show up because I know he struggled against Purdue a little bit, but he needs to hit his shots when they're open because if he's on and everybody else is on, I mean, Michigan State's a really tough team to beat. There's no question about that. But the turnovers and making sure, you know, the guys who are playing inconsistent right now, they need to pick it up a little bit. You don't have any inside information on Tyson Walker, do you? I know, I know nothing <laughs> and like it. Nothing and like it. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a concern of mine because, well, I mean, we're playing foster lawyers, so this is how I'm going to reference it. Michigan State's offense stops with Max Christie running point, and it's like foster lawyer when he would come in for Cassius Winston. Michigan State would be up like seventeen to six every game, then the seventeen to thirteen when Cassius comes back in. 
like that that's what Max Christie reminds me of when he's running the show. And you know, that's not an insult on him necessarily because he's a shooting guard, he's playing out of position, and he's playing point guard. And obviously that requires a whole different set of skills that frankly he doesn't have. I'd I'd like to see Akins mix it up in there a little bit, but I don't think I don't with Ty, with Tyson Walker without Tyson Walker does Michigan State like have a legitimate chance to run away with this thing? You talk as far as Davidson goes is the entire tournament. <laughs> let's just go with Davidson let's, right now. Let's we'll, go. Let's go. Davidson. We're 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 not to Duke yet. Um, honestly, I think you're okay against Davidson, Tyler. I really truly believe that against Duke. I don't know. No, because no. I, 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 I really. I'll, oh, I'll answer that for you. It's no, no. <laughs> it's no. You need Tyson Walker available for Duke. You do now. Again, hopefully, hopefully it's just a sprain and they're keeping it quiet, so it's not out there for the media to release or anything like that. Um, but you know, against a Davidson against a Davidson team, I think you could get away with it. But a team like 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 you just said, against a team like Duke, no, you can't get away with it. Yeah, and I mean, part part of my concern with the Davidson game, when you look at it, is they get back on defense really well. They don't let teams run on them. They know they're not athletic enough to hang with teams like Michigan State who like to run. You know, right? right. And so that that's my concern is, you know, uh, you're going to be in the half court, and Hogarth doesn't run the half court offense the greatest. Right, right, exactly. And so that's uh, where my concern is. Let's hit the predictions. Uh, we're just going to do Davidson. Um, and then if Michigan State wins, we'll, we'll, here, here's what we'll do. All right, this, this is going to be layout for the show for the listeners. If Michigan State loses, I'm going to take a weekend. All right, I'll talk to you all about that on Monday. And then we'll get into spring football. <laughs> if Michigan State wins, we'll, I'll pump something out for you Saturday, a recap of the Davidson game, plus a Duke preview. Um, and we'll that that's how we'll uh, run this weekend at least. But we'll get Anthony's predictions for the Davidson game first. So I'm going to go, obviously, with a Michigan State victory. I think Michigan State holds Foster Lawyer in check. Uh, He will get some crazy shots up that will fall, but I don't see him getting past 13 points in this game. Um, I think Marcus Bingham Jr. has a big game. I think A.J. Hogarth controls the tempo. And I think Gabe Brown um, comes back out and averages his 14 points a game. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think Max Christie goes off for 25 points. I think he's going to go off for 25 points against Davidson. He's going to find his shot. He's going to find his stroke, and he's going to be just fine. I'm going to go Michigan State. Michigan State, 82. Davidson, 66. I'm going to – I'm going to take Michigan State as well. Um, I, I don't know about the Christie thing. Yeah, he's – He's going to be going against a guy who's played international ball against best players in the world, in Lee, who's averaging 16-6 a game. Um, I think Brown, Bingham, Marble, Hogard will all be able to get theirs. Because 
the the way AJ Hogarth played with that desperation, you put that in him at the beginning of the game against Foster Lawyer. Like like I said, if he plays under control, that that I mean that that's the key to the whole game is if AJ Hogarth plays under control. If he plays out of control, like I said, Davidson's a really smart team. Michigan State th- this year they're not. Normally they are. That yes, they always have turnovers, but. Normally, they're still a smart team defensively and a smart team offensively. Right now, they're not. They're not smart. Physically, they can hang. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Michigan State because I expect Hogard to take it personal against Lawyer, and I hope he does. And he should be able to have no problem with that. Um, I'm gonna go 74 to 66. I think it's close. You can't foul Davison. You can't get him in the bonus. They shoot free throws better than anybody. Lawyers shooting free throws better than anybody. 93% clip. Um, they all shoot threes. Michigan State defends the three-pointer as well as anybody in the country pretty much. And so that's the route that I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Michigan State. Um, as long, But a lot of it's going to be on the bigs to play physical and get Meninga and Brochkovic out of their out of their comfort zones. And my concern is this year's Foster lawyer, you know, the player that everybody loves to hate, mm-hmm. is Joey Hauser is not one of those types of guys. You get you got to go Malik Hall. You yep. have to go Malik Hall, and you got to have a game on it. But uh, Anthony, man, thanks for coming on. Um, like I said, we're going to go ahead. We'll recap uh, a loss on Monday. If Michigan State wins. We'll obviously pump out a preview for the round of 32. Uh, anything you want to add? I'm good, man. Hope everybody enjoys the tournament. Get your brackets filled out. And as always, go green. Really quick, who's your final four in the bracket? I like Arizona, Gonzaga. Um, I like Tennessee. And then in the other brackets, oh, man, oh, man. Um, I, got, uh, I don't know. I'm still deciding. That's my final three right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anthony, again, thanks for coming on. I'm Tyler Hayward. This is The Trouble with the Snap.